do 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 switch mania playcast welcome to episode 74 of the switch mania it's not 2020 episode it's a new year a new start let's make it great all right let me write on your prey 2020 new game plus begins (laughs) (laughs) you know you made that prediction last year and i was like nah i can't be i'm starting a whole new game and no apparently i'm still playing the same one still playing the same one (laughs) except it's harder i'm not really doing so well the controls suck too damn Mm -hmm. it (laughs) well speaking of a a game that doesn't suck we're gonna do something that's faux pas here um because our time is always limited um we're gonna try (laughs) to to be on point but we're gonna actually cover the game at the episode before we dig into all the fun stuff all the crazy wow. stuff. Would have helped if I played it, I guess. No, I'm just kidding. I did. No, I know you played this one, Jay. <laughs> oh, I was playing it last night. I couldn't stop. So let's get into it. I'm excited. Yeah. So our game, which we um, talked about a few uh, episodes back, is Immortals Phoenix Rising. Um, action-adventure game developed by Ubisoft Quebec uh, and published by Ubisoft. Um, it was released for a multitude of systems and released in December on 2020 action-adventure game from a third-person perspective. Everybody should know this because it literally looks like a Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild clone. Um, to me personally, I do like that we're kind of getting into a um, Zelda-stylized inspiration generation because you have Immortals as well as Genshin Impact, which I talked about a few episodes ago, which had all the Gashapon um, <clears throat> aspects where you got like random characters and stuff. Immortals Phoenix Rising is another game in that um, aspect, and we're going to go into depth on all of the things that are similar, all the things that are different, um, and go around the horn and see how far we got, what we did, and what we played. Alright, so um, first off, it's set up in a large open world for Immortals. Um, You start off on a little plateau kind of very reminiscent of Breath of the Wild. You start with a, a little area, and um, it's all about Greek gods. So um, you have Zeus and Prometheus that are telling the story, um, and that's the major, major difference you're going to notice with Immortals is that the story is ridiculous. It's, like, funny. Um, Zeus is kind of a jerk. <laughs> and he knows it. And he admits it. I mean, and ironically, that's in line with mythology, how he treats his quote-unquote children and all that. Um, it's really, really interesting. There's a, a major... The major baddie is called Typhon. Um, and essentially, he uh, escapes and is severing all the gods from their essences by robbing them of their power. So your major thing is is to find the gods, the Olympian gods, um, throughout the world, and which are all humorously different, um, <laughs> such as Ares, the god of war, is a, uh, a chicken, um, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Um, and then you give them their essence back, turn them into their godly form, and they will assist you to defeat the evil Typhon. So there's a lot of story aspects in there as you play, um, a lot of twists and turns. Um, the story was amazing. What do you guys think of the um, the story of the game? Because we'll go like bit by bit. Sure. Uh, I mean, for me, I 
I think that's one of the strongest aspects of the game. Like right away, when you have Zeus and Prometheus talking, the humor is just so spot on. Like every every line of dialogue is just it's just funny. Like wherever you're going in the game, you know they'll they'll either have the story dialogue or they'll have like little snippets where you land on a you go to a certain location and there'll be just a few sentences as they're telling the story. Um, but it's so funny, and I think whoever I don't know who the writer or writers were for this. I have to believe they're comedians or they just have a very good sense of humor because the whole time I'm playing the game, I'm just laughing and I'm I'm actually stopping the character from moving on the screen just so I could make sure I'm reading and hearing the dialogue because it's something that's not just a throwaway. It's nothing that should just be in the background. It's more that you really need to be paying attention to what they're saying. Um, you know, aside from progressing the story and, and, and explaining it in a narrative form, it's just funny. It's just like, you know, it's like, it's like two buddies Go, ribbing at each other and Zeus just has such a uh, like a witty and sarcastic humor um, and I really liked it and with that said even the loading screens you know they'll have the tips and hints that you can scroll through so you'll read the description and then underneath it is like Zeus's um, commentary on that on that instructions and I just think that's also funny so yeah Do you know I, the story uh, behind that? What? Do you know the story behind that? No so, uh, Jeffrey Yohalem, uh, he's previously, um, the writer for Assassin's Creed 2, Far Cry 3, and Child of Light. He was a narrative director. Um, basically, right. his humor in the game was right between Zeus and Prometheus, was inspired by Robin Hood, Med and Tights, The Princess Bride, and The Naked Gun. Um, uh, that, that's hilarious. So, like, he was explained that he, he, um, Regarding adapting it for modern audiences, he didn't want to avoid the darker aspects, which is like mm -hmm. Theseus's kidnapping of Helen of Troy. Um, wanted to highlight those elements from a modern perspective and use uh, our current political climate um, and social media in order to uh, kind of like like the guy said he believed that the capability of the Greek gods and heroes to commit evil acts made them more human. Um, and the Greeks believed in balance where the human makes us complete. <laughs> it's both of our strengths and weaknesses. And he kind of played it lightly, which is hilarious. <laughs> so, um, speaking of, um, like, where things start, obviously the game wasn't called Immortals when it was announced. It was called Gods and Monsters, which mm -hmm. everybody thinks is a cooler thing. Um, but basically, the game originated um, from a software bug that was in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, where all the humans on the player's crew were turned into giant cyclops. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> they decided that they wanted to create a separate game to embrace the mythological side of Greece. <laughs> like, that's it. That's why they started it, and Ubisoft greenlit the project. Like, it came from a glitch in an Assassin's wow. Creed game. <laughs> I never played Odyssey either. I need to. Odyssey, Valhalla, all this. But, um, yeah, like, so it, it came from a joke. <laughs> like, <laughs> ridiculous. And do you know why they changed the name? Mm -mm. They changed the name. Uh, there was a trademark dispute with Monster Energy. They changed it and said that it would lead to... It would lead to confusion because it's called Gods and Monsters from Monster Energy. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. Wow. <laughs> oh my god. And do you know what the name of the game was called on the Stadia? Uh uh. Orpheus. <laughs> Is it really? Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, 
like, like this game is ridiculous. Crisis, just a little bit. <laughs> this game is ridiculous. Um, so what about you, Barry, with the regards to the the story? <clears throat> um, yeah, I I actually really <laughs> like the story. I thought the humor was also on point, and I know a lot of people didn't like the humor, and that's okay. You know, not everybody gets the joke. But I really did enjoy the humor. I, I like JP. I also found myself like when I was doing the constellation puzzles and I finished it, I would just stop and let the dialogue go out before I just immediately explored because I wanted to hear what it was said because it was a lot of mini stories too. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of history going on, mm-hmm. uh, just just background history for different gods and different inventors, and I found all that stuff really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked the direction, like where they went, like even like Aries being a chicken. I saw some people have a problem with that. And it's like, no, there's mm-hmm. a reason for that. And it's funny when you play through it, he doesn't stay a chicken, but he is a chicken. The, the first, you know, the, the, when you read them and uh, that's hilarious. And <laughs> just the fact the way it's all done is in my opinion, really well done. And like you were talking about the load screens with the, um, the Zeus dialogue, I will say this, that is probably the biggest negative to playing the PS5 version is I had to read those insanely quickly because obviously (laughs) that's designed to entertain you during the load screens and the load screens on the PS5 were probably about three seconds long. Poor Barry. So so I I did miss out on some of those, uh, but the ones I caught, I I literally laughed out loud. They were fantastic, but that is something to to So you're saying you're a traitor to the playcast and did not play primarily on the Switch. How dare you? I know. But you you know what that means, though. Something that is an amazing thing that a lot of people don't know, except for those that are ingrained in the Switch community, about the Nintendo Switch and why what Ubisoft did with this game is monumental cross save play like the cross save play on the game like you go to a menu you click online save you save it on my switch and i can go into my ps5 that i don't own because i haven't found one yet and i could play it on my ps5 version that i don't have um so but i could play the game and start my save file right there with no loading um and that's awesome though because then i do the save again put it over to my switch take it on handheld and i can sit there and play it on the at the park while my daughter's running around the playground or something like that's amazing. Yeah. That is monumental. That is the future. Um, Cross platform saves. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And I mean, it's the thing with the Switch where it's developed on, you know, Unity, and it allows us to have things like down res, down scaled, um, and where the graphics and the frames per second and everything can be optimized for something like the Nintendo Switch and be able mm-hmm. to play a very competent version of the game. Um, and then when you get home, if you really want to, you know, have the ultimate experience, and I'm using quotation fingers that y'all can't see because we're recording audio, because um, <laughs> you just said there's a reason why you actually had to strain on the story enjoyment because those pieces, which JP and I got to fully experience because we played it on the Switch and we had to wait, you know, 10 to 15 seconds. Um, but we got to listen to the stories and read them real fast and read them. Um, I wouldn't say story. I would say flavor text because those really were more flavor texts. Which were awesome. Like, yeah. Oh, they were. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It was an enjoyment feature of the game. I 100% yep. agree yeah. with JP where I 
Like, honestly, I would be like, all right, I just need to go do this next thing and go through a door, but the Zeus and Prometheus are still talking, so I, like, waited. <laughs> I'll never wait in the game. <laughs> so you see, kids, loathing isn't always better. Actually, it's <laughs> uh, uh, so a side tangent about that. In Spider-Man, mm-hmm. they actually put in the option to turn back on the loading screens because some, you know, they felt like some stuff would be missed. Oh, wow. So, I'm wondering how many more games are going to do that, like actually optionally let the loading take longer to see whatever's put there. You know, that's, you know, that's interesting that's... because as we optimize, and especially with PS5 and Xbox Series X offering instantaneous, near instantaneous mm-hmm. loading, um, that's interesting because, you know, obviously next-gen games will be developed with that in mind, so the narrative will, will, will roll out in conjunction with that quicker loading speed but previous games it's the same thing like with the n64 super nintendo nintendo nes where they're designed for a crt television and some of the graphics are meant to blend with the scan lines so when you turn the scan lines off and you have perfect pixel uh viewing on the screens it doesn't give you the same experience on an hgtv as it would on a crt because the developers created the game with that in mind and that's the same yep. thing we're talking about here. What were you saying, that's JP? True. I was saying that um, it reminds me of Evil Land when you're playing through the... Was it the first? I forget. I think it was the, the first, first game. But remember when you, you go into the PS1 era and then it's loading right. and then you have to buy like the ability to skip loading? It's like <laughs> funny little things like that. As Barry's saying, like I could absolutely see companies doing that on the current consoles because you know, <laughs> it's loading. yeah I, I think that's actually kind of i think that's interesting i didn't know that about the spider-man game that they give you the option to slow it down but i would absolutely recommend that in immortals or if you have a second like just go online and see if you could just find the loading screen you know hints because it definitely i mean they really are on point like when zeus has mm-hmm. the commentary on it and yeah it was funny as i'm playing this game all i'm thinking is this could be a fantastic action comedy movie. Like mm-hmm. if they even, I mean, we haven't even gotten to the the voiceovers yet and, and those voice actors, but the dialogue alone could make for a very entertaining movie. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous and it's really well done. Mm-hmm. It's complete contrast to what we saw in the, the PS1 era with all the awesome voice acting. Mm-hmm. Oh god! Almost became a Jill sandwich. (laughs) Exactly. Like, like I just I like where we're at with this. Um, Let's talk about um, either before we go into gameplay, which we can go into pretty deep. Let's talk about the Zelda, the Zelda factor, right? So everybody says that this is Zelda Breath of the Wild, just a clone, a a copycat. Mm it's absolutely inspired. There's so much stuff, but let's go into like what we what we all thought about that. So like from my perspective, um, mm-hmm. the graphics and the art style definitely reminiscent of Zelda with all the bright uh, colors, right? So you have like your character which has some neons on it, which is um, helps it stand out, and you have the vast open world aesthetic when you go on top of a statue, which is kind of like a tower. It opens up the map. Um, mm-hmm. When you jump in the air, you float down. Use wings instead of a glide, <laughs> with, instead of a sail now. Um, instead of weapon break, which is, thank goodness, is not in it, um, you get multiple different weapons that have different boosts, right? So, But you do have different weapons. 
Um, so you do experiment if you want to get the different boosts. There are a lot of um, powers that you have, powers mm-hmm. and abilities, and so you unlock them, though, as you go through the game accomplishing things through getting these coins, um, which I'll talk about how you can hack that. And um, with modern technology, I told JP on a phone call. He's like, "Ooh, <laughs> like there's a way for modern gamers to uh, to." I to... did. I did use those hints to uh, advance a little bit. <laughs> okay, let me just spoil it for everyone so we don't. Because <laughs> otherwise, I'll forget to go back because we're trying to do a shorter episode. Um, so essentially, with modern gaming, uh, we have the advantage of using the internet. So if you go to IGN and type in "Big Harp Challenge." Instead yep. of going around the map yep. and figuring out the challenge on how you do like two one three or whatever, just go to a website and it says, "All right, so for this big harp, there are these four, and it tells you the combo. Yep. So you shoot the arrow at three one two, and then it'll give you coins. The coins up unlock all the abilities. Um, Love it. And but that's the major. That is a huge major gameplay difference from Immortals and Zelda." Because Zelda gives you all your tools right at the beginning, so you could essentially, if you know how to parry, you can go defeat Guardians right at the beginning, if you know how to parry correctly. Uh, because yeah. you, even with your pot lid, you can beat a Guardian. Um, how, whereas with Immortals, you have to level up and unlock, and you get abilities which slow roll, which that going to the website helps break that progression, because you don't have to quote-unquote find it and earn it you can literally get some of your abilities upgraded um Mm -hmm. i didn't get everything upgraded on my first playthrough and that was on my own decision but we'll go into that at the very end um Mm -hmm. but it's very interesting the way that they rolled it out even some of your abilities are unlocked through it so for example in zelda you get all of your your runes at the beginning in that first platform you're already into the second, third, and third worlds by the time you get all of your abilities in Immortals, and you'll have to classic um, Metroid-style write down some things or mark it on your map uh, when you want to come back to something that you can't get into. So Mm -hmm. there might be something that you just can't access because you don't have the powered-up version of Hercules' strength where you can pick up giant blocks. Um, So you you can mark it on your map. Um, another difference, so you have your, your map and they allow you to put a few icons on there with Zelda. They allow that with Immortals, but also when you're on top of those statues, you can press in the look button, right? And you can like sit there and look around the map and it'll vibrate and it'll show it and you press the right trigger and it'll show all of the things on the map, permanently. So if you find a treasure chest, it'll pop it up. If you find a vault, which is the shrines, it'll pop up. Um, and it'll stay on there permanently, even after you beat it, it puts a check mark on it. Um, so it still stays up on the map. But uh, that is a major difference, and it's an ease of use around the map. Um, and then we mentioned the vaults just now. Uh, vaults are like your shrines, um, and there are you know probably about a half dozen or so different types of puzzle shrines that you have in the game, major ones. And it all comes together at the end with a bit a major, you know, it like puts everything together. Um, and I I noticed that I enjoyed myself more on big screen than in handheld mode when it came to sh- going versus the shrines. 
I did mm. notice that. Like on working it on the, on the TV screen in docked mode was much better for me than going through all those than in handheld mode. But I played it both ways. Um, so I'll go over to Barry first. Um, what were your thoughts when it came to all the the things that were like Zelda? I went into a lot of the overarchings, but and I didn't even say my opinion on that stuff. But um, what are your thoughts? I mean, I like that's that art style. I don't need something to be uber realistic to enjoy it. I, I do absolutely enjoy the whimsical, the cartoony. And I think this type of art style really works with the world that they've created. Um, and yes, it is reminiscent of, of Breath of the Wild art style, but I, it does work. Um, as for like the exploration... I love Breath of the Wild exploration. In fact, I think that's my favorite aspect of the game. And one of the reasons why I need to now go back to Horizon and give it another shot because I played it right after Breath of the Wild. And Breath of the Wild, you can climb anything and everything. And you can't in Horizon. I felt more restricted in an open world because Breath of the Wild just let me do that. So it was refreshing to play another game where, yeah, you can just climb anything. And... Uh, and use that same style of tactic. Although there's no rain this time, that will make you slip. Thank <laughs> God, God that was my one annoyance. <laughs> um, oh, oh yeah, I I went back to Zelda recently, and oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and what's interesting is, like, I love the the glider, or in this case, the wings um, ability. I think mm-hmm. that's such a fun way to traverse the land. <laughs> and after. Immortals, I actually did some. I did Ghost of Tsushima, which is another open world game, very hyper realistic. And there were so many cliffs I got to the end of, and I just wanted to jump off and like use a hang glider <laughs> let my wings go. And I'm like, oh, I can't do that in this game. If I fall, I'm gonna die. And like now, this open world felt more restricting. It granted more realistic, but still more restrictive. <sighs> and and I like the fact that Immortals isn't. The Immortals is just like Zelda, where it's the free to, free to go wherever you want. I 100% support that, and I think that is, to me, more fun than being told, no, you can get there, but you have to go a roundabout way. You can't just go a direct way or find was, your own path. I was just thinking, like, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. I was playing that on, on, like, before I played Immortals, and I remember I was, like, trying to jump off of everything. <laughs> I died a bunch of times. I, oh, I can't do this. <laughs> can't do that. I, I actually did that as well. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, but uh, the, the, as for, like, the the shrines, so to speak. The, mm. I like them, the tombs. I, I thought they're very reminiscent of Zelda. I like the fact that when you go in, it tells you if you're missing a power to get like the hidden chest because there's, there's sometimes multiple hidden chests in every single mm-hmm. one, just like Zelda. How uh, Zelda shrines, it had like the little chest icon if you got them all, but it didn't tell you how many there are. In this, it tells you, yes, here's how many chests there are in the game. Here's how many other bonus items there are in this crypt. And Did the you get a- vault closes up once you yep. get everything in the vault, which is nice. Yep. And it's still a fast travel location, just like Zelda, mm-hmm. which I like. So there's a lot of vaults and there's a lot of... Uh, fast travel locations one interesting thing that zelda didn't do that this does and i think this does just because there's so many more collectibles is it allows you to push r3 and and uh go into a first person perspective and kind of do like uh, a metal detector style uh thing to find uh hidden items all over the map and mark the map Mm -hmm. with those hidden items Mm -hmm. um no, yeah, you press the R2 button, like I was saying, when you're looking around. Like, it's easier to do it on those statues, like I was saying, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. But but I like I like you can that do it anywhere. It does. Yeah, you can do it anywhere. And sometimes I actually found myself just doing it random places and finding new things from there, like through walls and through cliffs. Like I was just close enough to market. And even when I did like the because every corner of the map has like a central statue that they want you to go on and and push the mm-hmm. button and scout around. After doing all that, I was like, well, I got everything here. Um, is there more? And I would just go to random places and hit it. And sure enough, I would just keep finding more and more things, you know, more chests, more locked chests. More. And I was like, oh, my God, like, there's still more to this game. And I, I, I didn't realize. And I'm sure there's still stuff I haven't found. So mm-hmm. I like it, but I also don't like it in the sense that I wish there was an item you could get that at least showed you everything towards the end. Or like, yeah, post-game beating it, right. here's everything you missed. Because... Otherwise, you know, unless you look at an online map, and there's a ton of stuff and compare, which I did not do. I'm assuming you can do it. Th- that, there's a lot of things, and you're probably going to miss one or two things just due to the sheer amount of items and, and locations to go to in this world because it is very big. <laughs> As for the Big Heart Challenge, I actually got almost all the way through the game, and I never did any of them because I, <laughs> I didn't understand what was going on. I hit play on the little ones, but I wasn't writing anything down. And I'm like, all right, I need to, for like, the, there's like a list in the Hall of the Gods like, of things to do to unlock stuff. And I was like, I haven't done any of these. And I looked it up. I'm like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do, son of a... So I just went and I just did them all using a guide at that point instead of mm-hmm. flying around to all the previous ones I was at. CJP and, uh, Barry was a cheater without even me having to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> I finally figured it out but if, if it wasn't for that challenge thing I probably wouldn't have mm-hmm. but, uh, but they give you more than enough orbs to uh, to upgrade too like uh, which I which I like there's no there's no end as far as I'm aware to how far you can actually progress in this game like which is something very different from Zelda like Zelda you you get whatever weapons you want and like that's it like that those are your distinct points of power in this game, you upgrade your sword or you upgrade your axe or your bow. But once you've maxed everything, a new meter appears and it's your mastery. And if you keep going, you keep killing enemies and keep getting orbs and keep using the orbs to upgrade, you upgrade everything by like a percentage every time. Mm-hmm. And like, you could, it's insane how powerful you can become. And I'm, I'm, I don't know if there's a cap or not. And that goes with your life too and with your, your stamina. You know, after you cap stamina, you could actually still increase or decrease the amount used, and so your I life. So I can confirm, but I but I noticed as I was playing, the colors of the enemies would change as I started to level up. So I'm pretty sure they scale the enemies up too to make them at least somewhat, <laughs> somewhat competitive with you. So it's not like you're just mauling through everything, even though you still maul through them. But <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering if that only works for the base things, not the masteries afterwards, because I never saw a change after I capped everything and Correct. the masteries up. Yeah, that, that could be. Yeah, because I mean, that was why Zelda was such a slow roll, was because as you get um, more powerful weapons, your stamina increases, your hearts increase, all of the stuff in the world the drops, everything slowly increased too. It's this really slow progression as you go through the giant world. And mm-hmm. that's their way of doing that, I think. Yeah, I think it was very well done. And I, I, even though, yes, it could be a Breath of the Wild-esque game, I like Breath of the Wild's gameplay. So to me, that's mm-hmm. actually a, a plus. <laughs> like like you said, let more, more of these type games come out because I already enjoy them. It's just like any other genre. I mean, Metroidvania is a prime example. Uh, you know, the name itself is 
two different games that did very similar things and you know more of those are always good too so let let there be more more <laughs> jp what about you and your and the parallels to breath of the wild yeah i mean first thing is breath of the wild really isn't the first open world game i mean i haven't no, played it's, it's the style jp it's the breath of yeah wild. i agree but to me i i look at this i i see similarities to other games i mean one of the my favorite open world games has to be Just Cause, the first one on the Xbox. Like I, I played Grand Theft Auto, I played Just Cause, I played Breath of the Wild, and I haven't played a lot of open world games, but obviously they all share a lot in common of side quests and being able to go anywhere. Um, and then obviously as you go further along where you're not supposed to yet, you know, the enemies are harder or there's some kind of deterrent to kind of remind you that you still need to do other things in the game. But in terms of Breath of the Wild, I mean, to me, the similarities end with, with the open world and, and the adventuring. I mean, the, the storyline, I, I actually think I'm liking Immortals a lot better than Zelda because I find that the, I, not that I can relate to any of these characters, but the fact that they're talking um, and you feel like you're, I don't know, I just feel like I'm more on his journey than I am with, with Link. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just like the constant dialogue between Zeus and Prometheus. And also, even with Hermes and um, and Phoenix, I think that's Hermes, right? That The blonde-haired kid. Yes. But, but I just, I, I, re- I don't want to say I relate to, to Phoenix, but I just, I find him so likable. And with Link, you know, he's a, he's a noble warrior and, you know, he's always, you know, he's the good guy and, you know, you root for him. But with Phoenix, I just, I like him as a character. I and like his Barry, we know that JP chose Phoenix as a man, whereas I chose Phoenix as a woman. I also played Phoenix as a woman because that's how Fair. the default was. I actually was. changed Fair the enough. gender in the middle of the game. Like I played through half the game as him as a male, just so I could get the get the voice, and then I changed it to a female. And I thought the female was much funnier, by the way. <laughs> She's hmm. freaking hilarious. Is it is it the same dialogue, just a different voice though, or is oh, it different dialogue? Oh, oh, they changed the dialogue to genderize it. Wow! <laughs> yeah. so, see, right there, you could already have two playthroughs just to. Get- okay, yes. So I guess now we—I didn't even think to even preface that. But yes, I played with Phoenix as as a guy. Uh, so maybe, yeah, maybe maybe my uh, how I view the game also is going to be different. You know, still positive, but just a different viewpoint because of the dialogue that I'm hearing with him. But I just I find I just find the game to be fun. And now I'm I'm about twenty hours in. I'm at the Athena quest, so she's still a. Little girl, I fought the Hydra. I I just got Phospho or Phosphoro, and and to me, the game is is starting to really open up now because now that I've been upgrading, you know, you're able to 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 glide a lot faster. You can do more with the arrows, and now and now I just you know upgraded the ability to start leaping when you're scaling the 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 walls and the cliffs. So mm-hmm. to me, the game's becoming even more fun now because now I'm really starting to be able to speed through certain sections in, in terms of like, you know, when you're gliding from one area to another, I'm not running out of stamina so quick. And, and that to me is so fun. Like I really like, I love the open world concept. It's a double edged sword because with open world means side quests and I, and myself, and I'm sure a lot of other people, you know, see the big gold circle where you're supposed to go. And not more than two seconds after jumping off something, I'm veering to the left or right to go find a chest or go find, um, one of the gems and whatnot. So that's why I hate 
open worlds at the same time because I just can't stick to the storyline when I want to, especially when my time is limited. So I end up doing a lot more just just going around the the entire islands and just seeing what's there. But yeah, I mean, you've already touched upon the similarities to, to Breath of the Wild with the vaults versus the... Mm-hmm. My mind's drawing a blank now on what the word shrines. But even that, I mean, is so different because I really, what I really like about the vaults, I love the puzzle aspects. I hate sometimes when I go into a vault and it says I don't have the required power-ups to complete it, and that stinks because then I'm like, okay, I got to remember to come back to it later. But I really like going into them. I find them I, I very rewarding. I beat all rewarding. of those, by the way. It told me I couldn't, and I still beat them. Nice. Yeah, I, I have had that where it's like, oh, you're not, and then I just jumped the right way, or I'm able to just climb, or not, well, not really climb a lot of times, but, you know, just... Just end up where I need to be, but a lot of times I do have to go back, um, and hopefully I will. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I find both games enjoyable. I, I think they both did open world very well. I will say, you know, they're both strong. They're very different. I mean, I'm, now I'm thinking more like Breath of the Wild. I really love the different locations. I love. I actually really like the weathering aspect because when you really get into the game and you're realizing I have to dress differently based on where I am, like mm-hmm. you said, with the rain and, and it being slippery, it adds a little bit of realism to it. But then at the same time, with Immortals, it's fun knowing that things like that aren't really going to deter me or, or slow me down. Because uh, sometimes you just want to just have fun and not really have to think too much about, okay, am I dressed appropriately? Do I have the right equipment? Things like that. So, yeah, I um, overall, I see similarities, but I do feel Immortals is its very own game, and I think they oh, did yeah. it very well. And, and see right there, Barry, is why JP went last, because he veered into the next topic perfectly. Yep. Because <laughs> which is essentially how far we got uh, <laughs> in the game. <laughs> I'll go of... first then, because I guess mine will be less than yours. Well, you already um, you already went. You said you got to Athena and put about 20 hours in. I was paying attention, yeah. JP. But, um, I, but, I, but you I can do them in any order, though. So And, yeah, and that's Athena. the thing, is, is that... And, you can do the game in any order, um, and that's where we're going to talk about a little bit about the gameplay now before we, we jump into that piece where JP already spoiled. Um, <laughs> but essentially, within this world, though, as we mentioned, you can customize the gender of the character, which is awesome. You can kind of change all a very basic amount of things, but it's still cool. Um, mm-hmm. It's that, you know, it has that large open world. There's seven distinct regions inspired by the Greek gods that you can go, after you go to the beginning era, you can go wherever you want. Um, mm-hmm. The player character is accompanied by uh, your little bird named Phosphor, um, and he identifies locations of interest in the map as well. I don't know if you've gotten to that part, JP. Um, no, I just got the first uh, seed. Yeah, so, yeah, he, he becomes very helpful and, and can attack right. and things like that make you invisible and do a lot of things but i was so overpowered that i never really utilized it too much Mm -hmm. um even boss fights um traverse the world by doing exactly what you do in zelda which is climbing cliffs riding a mount which you can find multiple different mounts all around the world you just gotta like kind of creep up on them and then you can tame them um Mm -hmm. and then the wings of daedalus that you can fly with um everything is accessible uh, one piece that I really liked, which, um, so I can jump ahead like JP, because he's our innovator, um, I decided to completely beat the game and not go through and beat every vault of Tartalus and beat everything, is that there's a new game plus. So, my thing was, is like, I was like, alright, I'm gonna do as much as I can, 
organically as I'm coming mm-hmm. through. And once I got to Athena, which was the last one I went at versus, because mm-hmm. um, there is Aphrodite, Ares, um, I can't say Hephaestus, <laughs> like I can't say his name, Hephaestus or whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't say it. And um, Athena. So you have four major gods that you're helping save along with Hermes that's with you at the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. And then you go up into Zeus's mountain area, which is insane. Kind of reminded me of um, playing through Elder Scrolls Skyrim going up the mountain the first time. <laughs> like, but that's a lot of the areas. Um, but the thing is, you can go to those in any order you want. Um, it's really cool. And basically, you encounter rifts that gets you to the vaults. And you mm-hmm. do your platforming challenges using your combat. And there's lots of side objectives and operational puzzles. Uh, the one cool thing is is that there's a ton, a ton of puzzles on the um, the open world. And unlike Zelda, um, they're pretty... Um, there's an icon, so it's pretty obvious that there's a puzzle there that you can do. And mm-hmm. Zelda, you, it's kind of just something looks out of place. What does this do? And usually there's a little little poop magic guy there. Little, little tr- Korok. Korok. Little, little poop magic guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> usually that's there. But with this one, there's like tons of different things where you'll have this, you gotta go find these orbs and put the orbs on this constellation puzzle and then it gets you, gets you some coins or like we mentioned the heart puzzle. There's some races. There's a mm-hmm. um, shoot arrows through all the circles puzzles, which I loved those for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> I just loved like going, <laughs> because when you shoot an arrow, you don't just shoot arrows like you do in Zelda. Um, you actually follow it in first person. Or third person, because you can see the arrow. And you like you can actually guide it to your enemies or through through circles. I did that so much. And as you upgrade your powers, you can get like headshot advantages and they explode on headshots and mm-hmm. like craziness. Um but yeah, so I I went through and um ended up like once I got to Athena, which was the, the final one that I a god that I was unlocking, um I ended up like, all right, I'm just gonna go through and and beat the beat the game. So I went through like Zeus's mountain and didn't even do mm-hmm. any of the side stuff. I just kind of just went through it story wise, and then I looked at it. I saved beforehand because once it, it gives you like a warning before you go to the final area, like this is the point of no return, and you get to make mm-hmm. a decision: do I want to complete the game or not? And it's like, well, there's a new game plus, and. Um, all your stuff carries over and you get to redo all the stuff so you can get even more powerful. So I'm not quite where, cause I know Barry's much further because he actually maxed out everything. So you definitely beat the game or at least maxed out everything to the point where you did a lot more in the, in the game. But, mm-hmm. um, I got to the point where I didn't buy the gold edition cause the gold edition comes with all the DLC. So I bought the DLC now and the DLC is going to roll out in 2021. So I wanted to like, all right, so I'll just get to the point where I'm at the Hall of the Gods. The Hall of the Gods is like your hub world where you can do all your upgrading. So you can upgrade your stamina, your hearts and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got in my new game plus, I got to that point where I'm there. Now, when I play it again, I'm just going to go through the world and not do any of the story now. I'm just going to run around and see what kind of trouble mm-hmm. I can get into. Um and then we'll see how they unroll the DLC, whether it's like you just kind of pause the game in motion and go into the other mythology worlds, or is it a brand new game? Um, 
Mm-hmm. I hope that you just pause and continue your progression or something. That'd be amazing. I think that they're going to probably start you off on a baseline. Um, but yeah, with with the the gameplay though, it's it's a lot to it. Um, I think it's done expertly. I like all the different pieces. I like that you can, you know, get these spears <laughs> from from Ares that go crazy. You get the big old hammer that you can crash down. I didn't really use them too much. Um, I also like that you have a sword and an axe, and you, so your sword is really fast and weak. But and then your axe is slow, and it, it you can use it to parry um, mm-hmm. enemies that have the big old shields and stuff too. So there's a lot of the combat variations that kept things interesting, especially because as you're approaching a horde of enemies on the on the open world, you literally can just use your little arrow to, and snipe out all the flying enemies before you get in there, and you just jump in and maul them all, melee them, or, I mean, you can stealth up on them and, and attack them and destroy them. Or you can grab a giant boulder and toss it right at them and crush them and destroy them because it's so overpowered. <laughs> I mean, there's, like, so many variations. Um, so, Barry, what do, you, what do you think about all the gameplay and all the craziness? I went off on a, a good tangent, and now you can talk about how far you got to. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, the the gameplay I thought was very well done. I liked most of the puzzles that were uh, presented in the in the vaults, mm-hmm. and uh, like you, there were some that like some chests I got early. And one of the things that I really like is most of the moves that you can unlock the the god powers have a secondary function, and it doesn't explicitly tell you in the game that there are these secondary functions, but there are specific vaults called mastering, insert whatever god power here, Mm -hmm. that actually utilizes those secondary functions. And I think it's brilliant. Uh, One of the big ones is uh, is Ares' move, where all these spikes come out of the ground underneath you. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's like, oh, that's a cool move, but you know, if, if combat's fine, you're doing fine, do I really need that? And the answer is no, for the base game, you don't. However, it has a secondary function that launches you up into the air. Mm -hmm. And what you can do, especially in the the Mastering Ares Wrath uh, Vault, which is fantastic and probably one of my favorites, is you can't make it to any platforms there with your normal jump or double jump. You absolutely have to use Ares Wrath in the air to get yourself extra height. Mm -hmm. And once you master that ability you'll find yourself in other vaults that are like vertical vaults where you can't climb and you see a platform and you're like, well, I'm supposed to go this roundabout way. I wonder if I have enough stamina to cheese it. And you can actually use Ares Wrath to get places you shouldn't be able to get to instantly. And you know, you know something you could... Interesting, Barry, <coughs> is that what? you mentioned that I never got to that vault. I'm not sure if JP has. Um, but I was doing a daily challenge. And you absolutely, in order to beat the daily challenge, you had to use that. And I'm like, how the hell do I do this? So I had to like mess around with the, to figure out how to do the extra jump. And I found out, oh, the spikes <laughs> thrust you in the air. Shit, I didn't even know yeah. that. <laughs> well, the vault doesn't tell you that either. The uh-huh. vault just says mastering and it throws you in there and you have to figure it out. Um, but, but it was so cool to be able to say, oh, there's a chest up that way. Hmm, this platforming looks tricky. I wonder if I can go another way. And absolutely, mm-hmm. you could take boxes and like stack them on top of each other and then use that to get extra height in some, some vaults. And I thought that was brilliant. I thought that was a really cool way to get around 
certain obstacles and, and without like truly breaking the game, but it allowed for some creativity if you wanted to experiment. And like the the arrow shooting air, you know, was it Ares arrow or Hermes arrow or something like that, where uh, you control it. I would always use that whenever I got into like a vault and just scout the vault. Where are the chests? Where what things should I be shooting for? What things do I have to look forward to? Mm-hmm. And I would always just do that just to get a glimpse of what I had going forward and if i missed any secrets look around and if i found a chest in a location try to figure out how do i get there from a bird's eye view and i thought that was a lot of fun and uh, again they don't tell you hey you you can do this it's just an extra option to you know or an extra function to what's already in the game um i loved those things what i didn't love is the final area or the next to final area really which is the mountain the zeus's mountain the 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 mount olympus or the the ice mountain and the reason i didn't love it and it's my only real gripe of this game, is the entire game, you can tackle things in any order. You can go anywhere. You can climb anything. You could do... You have the freedom to, to be until you get to this area. <clears throat> this area 100% limits what you can do. Uh-huh. And I don't like that because the whole game taught you, hey, you see that up on the cliff? Go get it. And now you start doing it, and suddenly it's too, too cold, and you, the stamina goes away, and you fall, and you die. Yeah, and it's, it's like, like going through the red areas when you're in the vaults where it like yeah. depletes your stamina. It does it on the, <laughs> on the open world, which is... But, it, but you have no way. You look up, and you don't see that red area, the, the equivalent of the red area, until you get right there, and suddenly it zaps you, and you fall down. Now, I didn't like that, and I understood why they did it to kind of usher you in a set path for story purposes. I got that. <clears throat> Once I beat the game, I wanted to go back and get all the collectibles, and and uh, that doesn't go away. So in order to get the collectibles, I'd have to teleport to a top area, fly down, teleport to a top area, fly down repeatedly, and it was just it felt more tedious. Like after the game, and the whole reason it's that's there is because the the villain puts it there. The villains there should be now gone. Like that. Let me let me have that freedom to play. And I don't like I don't like a game that, that expresses freedom and, and teaches you to do anything you want and be creative just to restrict you at the end of the game. Um, that's I mean that's kind of like in Metroid how you lose all your powers right at the beginning. Um, they they let you learn it quickly and then you have to relearn it over on. But that would be like playing Metroid the entire game full powered and then right before the boss you lose everything and now you're back to square one. It's like wait a second this is this is this feels backwards and. I, that's how I felt. So that was my one grievance uh, with the gameplay. I, I did um, beat the game, as I just mentioned. I beat the game, and I got everything on my map that I saw. Like I said, I'm probably still missing things. So I did every vault and every chest and challenge. And I, I fully upgraded all every ability I had. And then you get the masteries. And I upgraded the masteries quite a bit just from exploring. Because yeah. I would go and like, oh, there's still one more place on my map. Let me go there and let me just push R3 and see what if there's anything around. Oh, here's three more spots. How did I miss three more spots? And I go to one of those and try it again and find another spot. So it was almost like a never-ending thing. Uh, the mounts are cool. I, I went and got the unique mounts. I think those are fun to, to find and to tame. But I rarely used mounts. I just I rarely found a need for them. Um, mm-hmm. They're, they're more fun than anything else because the, the world's not really like this flat plane to really run down. There's a there's a lot of cliffs and a lot of – I felt like it was more restricting. Uh, what's interesting is the god that you both ended up as your last ones was my second one. I'm not my last one. Oh, you're not? Oh. I haven't done Ares yet. 
Okay. So it's your, your next to last one. J- Jeff's last one was my second one. So we actually okay. did them all in different orders. Yeah, I went <laughs> from um, I went from Aphrodite to Ares to Hephaestus to Athena. That's just the way that I ended up progressing. See, I, w- mm-hmm. I went I, you know, Aphrodite first because I think everyone does Aphrodite first because that's where the Hall of the Gods is. And then I went north to Athena. Then I went back around... Uh, the other way to, to Aries, and I did Festus last because I figured, oh, that's that's the polar opposite of where you start. That's probably going to be the, the quote-unquote hardest one, which none of them are really the hardest. Mm-mm. But uh, that was just my way of thinking, and that's the order I took. And uh, I like that. I like that freedom. Again, the, the same reason I don't like the ice mountain is because you, that you have this freedom in the game um, throughout the entire time. I also don't like that the point of no return is... Like it's not like it's here's the final boss. There's a whole new vault, and that's a big vault that they they stick you with at the end. That if you want to replay the game, you have to redo that vault every time. And I'm like, that's that's kind of annoying. <laughs> and even that vault, <clears throat> that vault has a section where like it's divided. Not trying to spoil, but it's pretty much divided into um, different sections to to ma- pretty much you're supposed to use the techniques you've learned throughout the game. In each each of the different roles, like some is wind based, and some is fire based, etc. And I like that. I like you putting your skills to the test. There was one vault area where you're supposed to use these blocks, and you hit them, and they they levitate, and you get on top of them and use the wind to push you around and and launch them into to walls. I'm sure you you know what I'm talking about, Jeff. Um, I forgot when I got there that you hit those blocks totally. So I'm trying to move them with everything I have with the <laughs> hammer and stuff, and I can't move them. So yeah. I'm like, what the hell do I do? So instead, I used the arrow, and I was able to use the arrow to fly all around the walls and hit things and do the entire objective and then glide over to the final area of that section and do that entire section without hitting the blocks. And then afterwards, it dawned on me, oh, my God, I was supposed to hit those blocks. I made that section so much harder than it should have been because it had been so long since I had done that mechanic. But you know what's great again, about that is you were able to but, complete it. <laughs> like, yes. like that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's my point is that there's there's a set way to do things, but that's not the only way to do things. Yeah. And I love the game gives you the freedom to do that. And that, that's that's to me it's awesome. That is an awesome feature. <laughs> ridiculous. Well, I like that Barry went off on a um <laughs> <laughs> went off on a, a whole tangent that was great um so jp what about you um like you, you so, talked about you got through some of it but let, let go into detail yeah so right so i'm just shy of 20 hours at the moment i don't know what uh level of difficulty everyone is playing i'm doing the standard which i guess was or no I, you can pick so i picked normal i believe um and I like that you can change it anytime because that tends to happen to me where like even with Xenoblade, I'll play it on normal. And then at the end, I just really want to beat the game. So I maybe drop it down to easy. Uh, but for now, I'm doing normal. I'm a little under 20 hours. I started with Aphrodite, but I didn't finish her whole thing before I decided to go on a side quest. And I had gotten the, I think it's called Tale of Fire and Ice um, DLC. Yeah. So when I saw that far off, I was like, oh, let me go to it. It's a it's a downloadable content. Maybe there's, you know, something that will help me early in the game. I didn't I don't think I actually finished it. I don't know if I was strong enough to at the time or whatever happened. But I ended up going to an island that was still covered with the mist. And what's funny, you know, we talk about being able to go anywhere by me going to that DLC early on in the game. 
and learning how to parry and, and also a good amount of luck, I ended up beating enemies that I probably shouldn't have beaten yet. So I unlocked chests with super strong weapons that I'm still using in the game now because <laughs> they're, they're weapons and armor that really are meant to be getting, gotten later in the game. Um, and, I, and that's actually interesting because I, you know, I, get, I go to a, a, you know, a, an area with a, a locked chest and you have little minion monsters and then like the big one. And the big one has like the insanely like long health bar. So, you know, it's kind of like a, a mini boss. And I won. I don't know how. I think I had enough health that I kept, you know, regenerating and a lot of dodging and luck. But when I beat it and then I got the strong power up, I'm thinking, this is awesome. Like, I really like that aspect of the open world that if you're daring enough and you have a little bit of talent and luck, you could actually do pretty well, you know, in the game. And I found that to be fun because, you know, here you are seeing something off in the distance. And I'm like, I I just want to go to it. And you can. And it's nothing that's like, oh, you need to get a boat to be able to travel or you need this special ability. So, you know, that that was interesting. Um, the way that I did it, so Aphrodite, which was insanely long of, of mission after mission after mission, I did that. The Hephaestus was the robot, right? Yeah. I think mm-hmm. So I, I went to him because I did that DLC. I don't believe I actually finished his whole thing yet. Um, so I probably still need to go back. Um, and then right now I'm at Athena. So I mentioned earlier that I got the the seed, I woke up the bird, and now I think I'm going somewhere with him to get a second seed. So I'm I'm in the middle of that one. But like I said, I'm absolutely loving the game. I mean, this is a game now that's going to be played to completion, at least in terms of the story mode. I probably won't do every every vault, every chest if I can help it. You know, I'll do it as I need to because right now. It sounds like you guys just like overpowered yourself by doing everything. And I'm definitely not there. Like when I'm fighting, I had to learn how to parry. Um, and, and that's what I like about these games is that, you know, to me, if you're playing it on normal, it's not a walk in the park. Uh, you do have to learn the tactics. And I don't know, playing these games, I think, are making me a, a better gamer as well. Because I remember being younger, I would always just do the attack. I would never do defense. I would never block. I just, I'm just the guy, I pick the knight, and I just, I just go in with the sword. Um, but this game, I mean, you do have to be smart when you fight, and it also makes it fun, because when you parry, you know, you stun them quicker, and, you know, there's a lot more gameplay to that. The other thing I'd say is, I think it's very interesting that we all seem to have played differently, because, Jeff, you mentioned that you barely ever use the hammer, and that's one of the main things that I use every time. Like, I'll sneak yeah. in, and I'll do a, a sneak attack, which, you know, takes them out. And then I'll do the hammer that just kind of takes everybody around me. And what's interesting is that the hammer is used really with your stamina. So once you run out, you have to wait for the stamina to build again. But that hammer, I mean, there's abilities that you, you know, hold it down and charge it. And it's a super strong attack. And I only now at like 20 hours are starting to use the sword more in conjunction with the axe. So I use the axe a lot because I'll jump and do like a spinning attack that builds up their stun bar faster. Um, but now I'll start switching to the, the sword because it's just quicker. So they can't, um, you know, they can't counter attack as, as fast as before. But that's what I like about this game. I mean, depending on how you want to play it, there's a whole bunch of style. I'm really enjoying the arrows now that I powered those up. You know, you talk about being able to go into first person. That's with the Zeus arrows. And now I have the ability to speed them up and slow them down, which helped me with those puzzles with the rings as well. And I find it really fun. Like, I really like the first-person arrows. 
It reminds me of a game from PS3 at launch. What was it? Heavenly... Heavenly something. Sword. Yeah. They had, I think, first-person arrows as well. And I found it to be really fun. Like, I really like kind of zooming in and um, going for the heads to do the extra attacks. I used the... I know I used the arrows a lot when I fought the Hydra because the arrows were so quick that they couldn't even, like, shoot out their their venom uh, ball thing or regenerate any, like, undead soldier things. So, yeah, there's a lot of strategy to the game as well. And overall, it's just fun. So I'm still going through it. I plan on beating it. I don't know how much longer that's going to take, but I try and play a little bit every night um, when I don't get sidetracked by side quests. Yeah. And that's the thing, though, is that now we're going to be like, all right, JP, did you play our new game? No, I'm still playing Immortals. Oh, that's yeah, no. Guaranteed. <laughs> now. I, guaranteed. It's funny, like, I will say, I know, well, we'll go into final thoughts, then I'll, I'll tell you my final thoughts on the game. Well, go ahead and tell your final thoughts on the game, right. JP. Let's so, end this so, up, because we've been at an hour already. Yeah, so, first <laughs> of all, I probably would never have played this game, much like every other game for the Playcast. I would say like 1% of them, I probably had the intention of playing when they came out. Yeah. And when this game came out, I like I said, I like Zelda uh, Breath of the Wild, but I didn't play it right away. And it would have been the same thing with this where I would have bought it day one like I always do. And I don't think I would have played it. I probably would have read that it takes, you know, countless amount of hours. And that to me is intimidating. And then, you know, I finally started playing it. And no lie, I mean, this came out in December. This is probably one of my game of the years for 2020. I absolutely ended up loving it more than I thought I would. And it gave me a new appreciation for the open world, uh, for this type of gaming. Because, like I said, I try and do, like, the quicker games nowadays uh, that I can just finish. But this, this I can't stop thinking about. I mean, I'm still going to be playing it tonight. I talk about it online more than other games lately. And I just, I really love everything about it. And I'm playing it a mix on handheld and 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 docked on the tv handheld i think plays very fine i have no issues with it you know docked obviously i got the bigger tv it's sharper uh and it's also fun to play on there as well but this game is just fantastic so i would say honestly like no matter what console you know you have play this game because it really is well worth your time it's well worth the money it keeps going on sale because it's ubisoft so (laughs) i think at the lowest right now i see it for 30 dollars at best buy and I think it was a $60 game when it came out. So it's already half off, and you're going to get more than your money's worth with this game. Is that the right way to say it? More than your money's worth? Yes, I think so. Um, there's just a lot in the game. And I think at every stage of the game, I'm never bored. There's always something to do. Like I said, the dialogue is great. The action has been fantastic. So, yeah, I um, like I said, it's one of my game of the years for 2020. Oh, and 2020. It yeah, crushes it. You know what? We, I hadn't really played it when we did our last episode where we talked about like our favorite games. And if I had, this would have been in there. Um, but you know what? It still made my list, and I'm I, I love it. So yeah, I give it two thumbs up and highly recommend it to anybody that just wants to play a fun game. <laughs> it's funny too, is because you should already been playing JP. <laughs> I know. I should. <laughs> um, what about you, Barry? Uh, unlike JP, this was a game I was looking forward to and marked on the calendar and was ready to play instantly, regardless of whether we were doing it for the playcast or not, simply because I love Breath of the Wild. And once I saw this, I, I said, that, yeah, this is something I want to get into. And I'm still slightly upset that they didn't do some kind of crossover promotion with Kid Icarus. 
Um, mm. I still mm-hmm. wanted that to happen. Uh, maybe in future DLC, I'll have to bust open the Switch version and move my save over. Thank you, Ubisoft, to do that <laughs> if that ever happens. Um, but no, nah, this, this game, I felt to be better than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it a lot more. I really sunk myself into it. Um, it, it just happened to come out when my uh, when my wife was away for a bit, so it was nice because I was just able to, you know, just sit there and just play without, you know, having to worry about the day. And it was nice. It was a just a good escape from reality. And I think we all need a little escape from reality from time to time. And uh, yeah, I just I wanted. I even beat when I beat the game. I was so mad at like that the the ice area. I'm like, oh, I'm not even gonna go back and get everything. And then I went back and got everything. <laughs> like, like I was like, oh, I beat the game now. I'm not going to collect everything and, and finish up my map. And I still did that. Like, you it still, still pulled it. me in. I still wanted to play more. Like, it's that that addicting of a game, that that fun of a game. And I think that that speaks volumes. Um, there's plenty of games where it's like, I'm not 100%ing this. I'm just going through and I'm moving on. Uh, and this was one where it's like, no, I kind of want to do more. I want to get more powerful. I want to upgrade more, unlock more. I want to see more and then get more dialogue and do all these puzzles and complete all the challenges. And um, there is one thing we did not mention, and I will briefly mention it, is that there is a pay shop in this game. And yeah. the pay shop, you can buy cosmetic items, and it's only cosmetic. Or you can do daily challenges in-game to earn a special currency and then purchase those items with that currency. So you don't actually have to spend real money. But in typical Ubisoft fashion, that is one real negative about this game, is that there mm-hmm. is, in fact, a cash shop. But thankfully, it's just cosmetic. But overall, I do give this game, like JP, two thumbs up. I, I definitely think this is something that should not be missed if you enjoy action-adventure games. Yeah. yeah. Jeff, before... Before you go in, Barry said one thing that I've seen a lot online whenever I post about this game is that it's better than people expected. And <laughs> I think that's funny because, one, it's it's a marketing thing, right? I mean, a game gets announced, you see a trailer, you see gameplay, and you have your initial opinion. And either it's, oh, that's interesting, or I really want to play it, or it's not my cup of tea, or I'll wait. But a lot of people that have played the game or have responded to my tweets, I see that over and over, and I feel the same way. It is a much better game than I expected. And I really should go back and watch the trailers because I'll be honest, I don't think I, I watched one trailer for it or when they showed it, I had the screen on mute. But I'm really wondering, like, what is there something that's missing from the trailers or the gameplay that, you know, now playing it for 20 hours or Barry and you guys, you know, for beating it, you know, is there something that they didn't didn't focus on or showcase that kind of would have sold the game more but yeah i see that a lot that i think it was um, that like ubisoft did their typical trailer and marketing that they do for their games and everyone's like oh this is another ubisoft game okay cool mm-hmm. and you know us as switch gamers uh various ps5 gamer um <laughs> like we as switch gamers though this isn't something we normally see come out like at yeah. launch and that's also funny that a lot of times, like, on the PS5 or Xbox, like, you'd expect to see this kind of game. And, you know, we're a few years into the Switch, and we still feel that way. Where we're like, oh, we'd never get a game like that. And it's like, oh, wow, we did. And it plays really well. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a mentality. Like, we really shouldn't sell the Switch short. Like, it can handle a lot. We've seen that with games. This is another example that you can have a huge open-world game that's on every major platform, and it plays just fine. Um, but, yeah, I... Sorry, I just, when you said that, I was like, I've heard that so much. I thought the same thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a welcome surprise that the game is just so fun. And like I said, no matter where you're playing it, it's it's so worth your time. Sorry, Jeff, your turn. 
Oh, you're absolutely sorry. That's okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> now, it's now um, so interestingly, JP mentioned it though. But like, if we weren't doing this for the playcast, if we wouldn't have saw all those people commenting that it was better, um, I saw all the stuff. I was like, eh, it'll be okay. It looks kind of like Zelda. Cool. Um, I wouldn't even bought it because I buy what I want to play. So it would have been interesting that I wouldn't even gotten this game at all, period, if we didn't play for the Playcast. And now that we had, it's up in my top 25, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, It absolutely is. And of all time on the Switch right now, that's that's out there. And it's just an amazing game. Enjoyed every piece. Everything you guys have spot on. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, it's not the quote-unquote most optimized version of the game, but the Nintendo Switch is running it fine. All yeah. the gameplay, which is the most important piece to me, is that it plays the same. And it does. It plays great. Um, if mm-hmm. I want great graphics, it offers cross-save. I can play it on a different system. Um, right. The fact that you know you don't have the weapon breakage, which means you can work with whatever build you want. And then you can make mm-hmm. it look like whatever you want. So I had my character looking like a crazy demonic guy at the beginning he was like evil as hell looking and i switched over to the girl and i had um like no mask on at all and then just used like whatever whatever thing looked the coolest like i i stylized the character but then you can use the perks from whatever build you want too um the that part right there was cool because you could still have it look like you want and then get the pieces that you want um I'm not, uh, Barry's right though, I'm not a big fan of the store. Um, there are ways to get free points and things which you can earn, and I didn't have to buy any, spend any money so far, and I've, I've been able to get some of the stuff out of the store for free. I've been able to get, um, what is it? There's like this big old fiery looking sword thing that I got when I first, when we first started playing the game that I got for free, and that's, that's what I use as my sword. Um, I think I use a different one for the perks, though. And there's been some really cool stuff that I've gotten. Phosphor looks like Typhon now. <laughs> like, he looks evil as shit. Um, so, but I, I don't like the fact that they, like, kind of throw that out there. It's almost, like, in your face. Um, but it is also the way to spend your $40 to upgrade to the, uh, the DLC the, and get everything, um, which is interesting. I did that after I beat the game, though. And I'm looking forward to all of the different DLCs because they're all different god issues, right? Like, they're mm-hmm. all, like, you have Chinese mythology, you have um, all the other different types of mythologies that they're going to run through. Not sure if I'm a big fan of the final one, which is going to be in a different a different gameplay style, but we'll see. And I'll absolutely play, and if it doesn't connect, we could do a follow-up episode. But mm-hmm. at, great game uh, in top 25, so it's 100% recommend. I think that's across the board. I uh, nice. can't recommend Immortals, and I hope that Ubisoft does more stuff like this in the future that's Switch compatible. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And the Switch can handle things. Program it right, people. That's all we got to say. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. So, so before we sign off, guys, there's one thing in the news that I saw. It's called Aula. Codename Aula. Y'all tracking mm-hmm. Codename Aula? Yep. I'm not. J- JP's not tracking the Nintendo Switch... Pro, oh, is that pro? Codename okay. Aula that they actually went to the patents and Nintendo patented it. So it's actually from the patent clerks that there's a guy who goes through and like monitors and 
and does all that, and he's the one who reports all this stuff. So the code name I'll, uh, it's not what the Switch Pro or whatever they call it's going to be called, but it's it's literally a, fo- a 4K dock is essentially what it is. Um, so it'll be interesting to see because it makes sense that Nintendo rolls it out, and it goes in consist- consistent with what Frank and I were talking about last week uh, during the interview, which is that Nintendo could be iterative, iteratively releasing consoles. That was a big word. Um, releasing consoles, kind of like the iPhone with Apple that Apple does with the iPhones. Mm-hmm. And this isn't consistent with that. Um, we could see a a upgraded release coming in 2021, and I think that that would be really cool. Um, it absolutely is necessary because then we get 4K support with our switches. Um, mm-hmm. and if it's the truth that they're doing this iPhone style release, it means that they're not changing the cartridge format and we can still utilize our entire back catalog that they've released since 2017, which is amazing. Like it won't change the branding. Um, mm-hmm. the only concern, which I think it was Arlo on YouTube said, which was his main concern is that when, if they do these slow re- like rollouts, that eventually it could no longer be backward compatible. I don't think that that's a worry because with the new Nintendo 3DS, it was always backward compatible. But they only Mm -hmm. did one upgrade, right? Um, So that being said, though, what do you guys think of this Aula thing? Um, Obviously, all of that is completely rumors. rumors. Um, I think it's great, though. I hope it's true. But, um, and you take it all with a grain of salt, of course. But, I mean, there was that whole, um, somebody pushed out, like, a Nintendo Direct that's coming out in two days, which is hilarious, that that's absolutely hogwash. Um, Mm -hmm. at least all of it is. Some of it will probably come out, and that guy will be like, see? Um, but the Aula is a little more solid, and Barry's over there clearing his throat a bunch of times, like he's ready to pounce, which will be funny. So, JP, what do you think? Uh, really quick I haven't been tracking. I, you know, I've I've seen the headlines. I haven't really been diving into it. But I would say, yeah, it does sound like we will get something this year. It'll probably be through a direct or its own direct, like they did with the light. Um, yeah. I think what would be interesting though is what game are they going to pair it with? Because if they're going to roll out something with 4K, they're going to want a game to kind of highlight that. And that's yeah. where now you can start thinking about: Well, are we going to see Breath of Wild two? Are we going to see a 4K remaster of? Maybe another Zelda game. We have a lot of anniversaries this year that we didn't even talk about yet. Mm-mm. So there's a lot of opportunities where they could really spotlight and show a reason why you want to upgrade. Because right now, obviously, we all know how the games look on the TV, all the Switch games. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're going to really accentuate now the graphics, you're going to need a game to showcase that. Uh, so I would say it's going to be really interesting to see what games are coming out what they pair when they announce it. them. Yeah. And that that could benefit from this. And, you know, are they going to have on the packaging, you know, supports 4K? Is it going to be like new labeling, stuff like that? So, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I definitely think this is going to be a year where we'll see something new. Like I said, we have anniversary. So, you know, this is going to go well with our prediction episode that we'll have for for the upcoming year. But I think it's going to be really, really interesting for the Switch this year. I also hope that um, it does the least Nintendo thing, which is it helps all the previously released games, and then JP and I can complain like Barry that we can't watch the loading screens on Immortals anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Be, I hope we get to that point. 
<laughs> that would be wonderful. Um, but that's the most... The Nintendo-like thing would be to give us another version, HD version, of Breath mm-hmm. of the Wild that would be bundled with Breath of the Wild 2 that we have to buy separately. That's a Sony thing. <laughs> yeah, it is a Sony thing. Those jerks. So, Barry, what's um, what's your thoughts on all this rumors and I mean, innuendo? We've, we've been discussing the Switch Pro for a long time now, just uh-huh. in general and even on the Playcast. And uh, this is more evidence that it is at least coming. Um, if I had to make a prediction, it's going to be the same prediction I had last year, mm-hmm. which is that if it comes out sooner, if all this is like there's a direct coming and we're going to find all this out, and it's going to be in March. Um, March mm-hmm. has been a month that historically Nintendo has released systems in, including the Switch. March on the same day also has Monster Hunter Rise and mm. Ballad Wonderland are both releasing the exact same day. Monster Hunter uh, did launch with the new 3DS XL along it with Majora's did. Mask. It did. So, and and both of those are two big third-party games, one exclusive and one multiplat. And that would be a great time to showcase. Here's why you should get the Switch Pro version of these games. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nintendo could obviously launch something else, maybe a Zelda collection or a Metroid Prime trilogy or something to go along with that. And uh, that's my prediction. Uh, it could be completely wrong, but it's it seems plausible to me just based on history. If and, and if this here is a good go- thing, now that you mentioned that, uh, those that are listening. You guys can leave a voice message on Anchor, on the Anchor app, and actually we'll play your voice message. What are the most ridiculous names that Nintendo's going to use for this thing? Because they're not going to call it the Switch Pro. That would make too much sense. Are they going to call it the this, the new Switch Plus? What are they going to call it? That's the question. So what do you think, Super Barry? Switch. What did what, you call it? Super Switch? That would, honestly, Super that Switch. would that would also make sense. They're gonna call it like the Switch sixty four or what? <laughs> the Super Switch UXL. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, they're gonna call it the Switch Series Plus. Like what? Because <laughs> I mean, we got a Switch. We got the Switch Lite. They're just gonna call it the Switch four K. The Switch Heavy. Switch Heavy. There we go. The Heavy. The Heavy Switch. Like what? What are they gonna call it? It's the new Switch. That would just, just anger. call it available. That's all I care about. There we go. <laughs> yeah, like, and then I mean, are we gonna finally see some some more themed switches, like a themed Switch Lite? So you know, last okay, last prediction. But now that you talk about like 4K and whatnot, I could see absolutely see this year us seeing Grand Theft Auto then. Oh, you mean a, a game that came out in PS3 and 360, which yeah. are, which the Switch is superior to? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> well, I, I hope we do, but um, the only reason why I feel like we haven't is because uh, GTA 5 kind of went toward the online, and the the Switch's online isn't on par to the point to create a seamless experience <laughs> right now. Um, I'm hoping that all this new Switch Switch Pro stuff we get we get some stable online code with it but mm-hmm. i won't hold my breath yeah i will say this and th- this this will be a first uh, a shocker but if the switch if they keep doing this because I, I never thought about this uh model like the apple model like every few years here's another iteration and the library keeps growing from now to the end of time i'm throwing in the towel on the full set like i'll do full original switch set and then no <laughs> never throwing the towel now here's the <laughs> thing though too big. they've already done an iterative release that's the red box switch so they did the switch cool. and then like 
the second year, second-ish year, they had the Redbox Switch, which yeah, they that's just quietly bad. rolled out. It has better battery life and better processor speed. Um, yeah, I have both. It's definitely that's, noticeable. That's still within the, the system's life cycle is what I'm talking about. Like for the next 10, 20 no, years. That's what I'm saying is, is this will be the life cycle. It's not a new switch. It's, I mean, they're going to upgrade the heart, the specs, but it's it's still the switch. You're still going to have the same library. The the thing that Nintendo was smart about with the medium that they're releasing on, the our cartridges, our ROMs, our cards, is that they're easily upgraded. And if computers over the last thirty years have said anything, everything becomes smaller and more affordable as time goes on. So we're going to see larger cards that'll become the same price as the current cards. Holy crap! Capcom might release an entire game on a card for once. Same with same with. <laughs> whoa, same whoa, whoa, Barry, Barry, we didn't say anything about third party. <laughs> yeah, we didn't say anything. We didn't say anything about third party. But I really think that Nintendo, when they rolled out the Switch, they hit the right mark where the programming, you know, backbone that's in it with the Unity support is the best for when it comes to developers getting their games on the system. When you see all the the specs, it's all easily upgradable uh, through iterative mm-hmm. releases, um, and then the the card medium is smart because i mean we're seeing these micro sd cards that are that are becoming larger and larger that are easily upgradable and the prices come down every year so like we used to think about like a terabyte hard drive was like hundreds and hundreds of dollars now terabyte hard drives cheap um Mm -hmm. now we're looking now like four terabyte hard drives or eight terabyte hard drives and that's what's going to happen with these cards so literally the switch library just going to keep going guys good luck completionist collectors it ain't stopping i mean the the switch already is actually kind of forward proof or future proof because the i think the sd card goes up to a two terabyte sd card reader even though there's no two terabyte sd cards yet yeah (laughs) and i mean that's true and i i think that i hope for my sake, that it's exactly the same because, and for our sake, because for premium edition game sake, because then we just keep doing games, and it doesn't matter. Like it just supports up to whatever it supports up to. Like we're we're modern retro style, so we're probably going to be utilizing the smaller card sizes regardless because our stuff's retro themed. It it's optimized for mm-hmm. for uh, for go and for show. Um, but it allows us to, to get all these giant games on there, too. It's going to be an amazing amalgam of insanity. I love it. Or, or Nintendo's going to Nintendo it up, and it's going to be garbage. <laughs> I mean, I think, they have done they a were. Virtual Boy and a Wii U. They, they have done that. They're, not, they're definitely not infallible like we. Exactly. <laughs> but, let's... but you know what? It just still shows they're innovative. They try oh, yeah. things. And, like, we're running out of time. We, we need a whole episode on, on this, but, mm-hmm. you know, you, you think right. of Labo. To me, Labo's dead. I mean, I haven't seen anything. I haven't heard anything, but they tried it, and I like that about a company. I mean, there's, like, they literally have the, the balls to be like, we're just going to try something, see if it sticks to the wall. If not, all right, well, now it becomes a collectible in, like, 20 years because nobody bought it, and now you can't find it anywhere, but... Yeah, I um, I'm curious to see. I think they're on the right path. I think they've been doing well for since the Switch launched, um, with a few things here and there. But overall, I mean, it's clearly showing how popular the Switch is, how it's bringing in new gamers, how it's reinvigorating collectors and gaming and a whole new generation. So this year, I I think we're gonna see a lot of stuff. We're all just waiting for that first official Nintendo Direct that I'm hoping is coming really soon. That kind of kicks off the year. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's uh. 
I'm excited. Interesting. I mean, even Nintendo, when you said Nintendo it up, though, they have something successful like Ring Fit, and they don't really support it, like, beyond that one game. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll to, see. To be to be fair, Super Mario Party was very successful and still only has four boards. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But um, I think that that should be a focus, um, because we are doing the season finale uh, next week. We're in cool. episode 75. And we can talk about our uh, our predictions and future proofs and stuff. Um We'll talk offline what game we're going to play next because I think Immortals is going to suck us in for a while. Um, yeah. I've went back to Minecraft Dungeons with my daughter, so maybe we could all three just play some Minecraft Dungeons and see how we like it. Um, what about Ease Origin? That's a quick, awesome game. Yeah, let's do... I, I mean, I've already played through Ease Origin, but Ease Origin... And it's not a super long game. It's it's a little more linear. I like hearing that. That that sounds like uh, my boat I want to get on. Yeah, It's, it's a very good Zelda-like. Yeah, Ooh. It is. It is. I'm, I'm fine to do that one. Okay. So we'll... we'll um For those that are that play along with us on the Playcast, we'll be um, playing Ease Origins for a couple weeks. But next week... We'll be talking about our predictions for 2021, what we want to see. And we'll see how this rumor from this week pans out mm. to the next week because it gets crazier and crazier every week. There might be a direct yeah. next week and half this stuff is confirmed. We never know. So where uh, can we find us? Let's go All with right. JP I'll, I'll first. I'll, I'll start it off. I never go first. Go for it. Um, all right, so... JP Switchmania. Go to my website, jpswitchmania.com, for your weekly release posts. New one coming out next week. Not too many games, but but some good ones. Uh, if you're on social media, just type in JP Switchmania anywhere legal, and you'll find me. Uh, so that's Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Twitter is where I live, so come hang out with me there. I post 25 hours a day, no joke. Uh, and of course, Premium Edition Games, so that's mm-hmm. Premium Edition with the number one on Twitter or Premium Edition Games on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, where you can follow our journey as we're releasing our first two games, Super Blood Hockey and the Pigeon Dev Games Collection, both up for pre-order, but copies are starting to run low since it's limited mm-hmm. to 5,000 copies worldwide. So definitely check that out if you are a physical game collector or you just want to own fun games or you want to just support us. And we can confirm that we're literally just waiting for the items to be printed at this point so we can start shipping. Yeah. Like, we're yeah. at that threshold right now, like, waiting for items to be printed. Um, any day, and, like, literally all it takes is our packaging facility to be a little responsive in one day, and we'll be done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and be great. if you need video proof, go to YouTube and watch our last mm-hmm. two videos where yep. we show off the cartridges and some physical items. For and I both assembled the them professionally. Yes, he oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we won't, uh, stuff. we won't talk about that. <laughs> I will talk about it next week, too, when we got a little more time. What about you, Bear? You can find me on uh, Twitter at Hawk Hellfire. You can find me on Facebook and on YouTube at Nintendo Fuse. And, of course, you could find me at the Premium Edition Games Discord. Uh, come chat. Let's talk about all things video games as well as all things premium. Jeff, what about you? So I'm at Hagen's Alley on Facebook and the Twitter. <laughs> and I'm at Hagen's Alley Books on Instagram. I recently was just on the Retro World Series uh, where we did a debate on the most influential consoles of all time. That was really fun. I, I uh, argued the NES. However, at the very end, I said, we can do a little 
future predictive analysis of the Nintendo Switch and how it is treading new territory. And nobody knew about the cross-save compatibility, nor <laughs> how it actually is going to do Stadia better than the Stadia with games like Control and other games playable on mm-hmm. the Nintendo Switch, utilizing processing power from a cloud-based service. Like, it's an interesting way that Nintendo is future-proofing its console. So, it was a really cool... Uh, cool recording i was on there with games 31 um and g to the next level and christian Dietering, who um did a mother to earth documentary as well as he has complete video game systems but it was fun it was really cool um i'm not that great at um arguing my points uh beyond other things i was like agreeing with everybody because i love all video games it was funny <laughs> but anyways uh we will talk to you right next wait we're Better say where he could be found. He did. Yeah, oh, I'm he sorry. did. J- wow. J- JP's on Twitter right now. So everyone here, how much I heard JP Discord, but not Nintendo Fuse. You hear? This is how much JP pays attention to me live. This is a live recording. You hear that? This is it. Or I thought about you, and I didn't want you to be excluded. And here's where people are going to really know that I really don't cut anything out because I could have cut that out at the end. But no, now I have to listen. Now I have to leave it because you can hear how JP doesn't listen to Barry. <laughs> the goodness is no audio problems um Yay. he, he that says that but right before we wrapped up jp's audio was going all crazy <laughs> 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 just at the end i will see how bad it sounds but it'll be great um anyways everybody thanks for listening and we will see you next week have a good one that's jay banks <laughs> oh my god <laughs>